Hi, and welcome to The State of Work, the podcast by Lano. I'm your host, Sandra, and as a freelancer myself who's working with clients all over the globe, I am experiencing the shift of work every day. So I'm super excited to explore the current and future state of work with you in this podcast. We will talk about the benefits, limitations, and solutions around remote and flexible work and explore many different ways to collaborate and work together. For this, I am chatting with business leaders, innovators, freelancers, and remote employees to learn firsthand how they manage their day-to-day life in an ever-changing and ever-evolving world. Paul Arneson describes himself as an international citizen. And speaking to the Norwegian-born entrepreneur while the Italian sun was shining in his office, I can definitely see why. Paul founded Talentru in 2019, an independent recruitment agency that also works as a strategic human resource partner and is a proud remote-first company. Paul and his team contract people from all over the world and support their clients in finding not only the right candidate, but also the right human resource approach for each employee. We talked about his path to Talentru, as well as their vetting process for candidates and the important topic of global compensation. Paul is not only a wealth of knowledge when it comes to recruiting and working with people from all walks of life, but is also a delight to talk to, and I am looking forward to potentially pick his brain some more in the future. All right, I see a sunny uh, living room in the back, Uh, so thanks for joining us, Paul. Where are you joining us from today? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Well, I'm joining you from Italy. I'm in Milan, so northern part of Italy. Uh, Yeah, it's sunny, a little bit chilly. Uh, It's a a late spring here now, so we're still waiting for the warm Italian weather to come in. But yeah, it's a beautiful day outside anyways, but yeah, a little bit chilly. Yeah. And uh, Paul, I understand that um, you are uh, the founder of Talentru. Um, I've introduced you before to our listeners. And I wanted to get a little bit into what was your motivation behind um, starting your business and what exactly is it that you do? Yeah, so the business started, it's a little bit of a, um, for me now it's become an interesting story because I, I was living in, in Portugal um, for a few years and I, I met a lot of young entrepreneurs, startups and everything like sort of Lisbon has become um, in, the, in the recent years like a, a hub for a lot of nomads and everybody coming in there. It's, it's a beautiful place, highly recommend going there. Um, so when I was working with a lot or not working with, I was sort of uh, mingling with a lot of these young entrepreneurs, as I said, they they always had this issue with um, recruitment. As if you're in a startup, one of the things you want to sort of save money on is basically everything. But recruitment is one <laughs> of them. They ever really seen that as an issue because there's so many different ways of finding people that is sort of a little bit overwhelming. Um, I was actually working in another type of industry back then, so I was sort of like an entrepreneur in the many many fields and. I did a lot of marketing as an agency. I was working a little bit with data protection, but I also had my background in, in HR and recruitment. Mm-hmm. So I decided uh, after talking to um, a good friend of mine to say, well, I can probably help you with recruitment. Um, he had this idea that he didn't really have time to do interviews uh, because he was so busy with all his business dealings. And he also he's not fun um he doesn't like interviews he thinks they are Mm -hmm. very boring he doesn't like to talk to people he drains his energy he's very introverted so he said if you can just do the interview record the interview and send it to me i'll be happy yeah and i said okay that sounds like a business idea so so i decided (laughs) to basically 
develop um, talent to at the beginning to be a, a portal for um, uh, companies to, uh, in essence, have a subscription of uh, pre-recorded interviews. So I would do interviews of talents around the world. I will put them on the platform and they could sort of uh, um, come to me. And instead of uh, them having the interview, I'll just send them the interview or they can send candidates to me. I will interview them and I will send them the recordings. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how everything started. Um, it was a good idea, at least in my head for a while. And it sort of uh, developed into me just getting more and more of um, attention from other companies and, and people that I, I knew that wanted to have like more traditional recruitment. Um, they they sort of uh, knew me from before and, and then just said, okay, you do recruitment agency now. Okay, that's, that's can we work together? And I sort of put that idea way i said okay this this recorded interview thing could probably work but not for what i see the the, what the world is wanting this is not something that i can sort of develop and sell by myself i'm sort of bootstrapping everything so i just basically um turned the company in the direction of becoming an agency instead like a traditional recruitment agency but Mm -hmm. my focus was only on sort of remote work and finding global talents so um when I was sort of thinking about this, this is also a story from many years ago when I came into HR, the reason I started to to have an interest in HR um, was also to see that. Um, so whenever like my girlfriend came to Italy through an agency, uh, one of the big, you know, mar- recruitment agency, and mm-hmm. she started working for a company and I just understood how those agencies really worked. Yeah. And also with my understanding of HR, I, I saw there was a, a gap in the market for an agency that could actually tap into a global marketplace of talents. Yeah. And I wanted to be that company. I wanted to be that company that could say, uh, they, a company can come to me and say, okay, we want to have um, a marketing manager, uh, mm-hmm. but we we don't need them necessarily to work in our location. We want them to work remotely. Yeah. If that same company had come to one of the big agencies, they would then have to basically deal with, uh, they would have to actually say, well, you need to tell us the location because of there's a lot of limitations there. They, they don't know, for example, about, you know, services like Lano yeah. uh, and stuff like that, where you can have employer record contracts. So I was just say, okay, let me do that. I have my resources, I have my network and I can find those people uh, for you. And yeah. that's basically that when that's sort of where Talent is today, where we are like now a global recruitment agency. We do not only do remote work; we also do like um, relocation to location uh, specific yeah. uh, places. We also do traditional recruitment. We also like, for example, at the moment we are working with the, I'm in Italy and I work with a client in Italy as a more traditional recruitment, but we have no limits yeah. basically. So the sort yeah. of that's that sort of the long story there where talent room started and where it is at the moment yeah do you still record interviews <laughs> i don't i don't i uh i we have that as a service mm-hmm. um but it's not necessarily something we do but we do if if a client says that we can do uh like if we can ask them do you want us to record the interview and send it to you um as yeah. sort of a service uh one of the things I see with recorded interviews, which is actually a benefit, is that if if a company is hiring um, and there's more than one decision maker, if they have a pool of, say, three or four 
candidates and they all recorded interviews, they can sit and watch those interviews together as a team. Yeah. And they can sort of decide. So in many ways, the recorded interview is 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 something that we can we can we can present and 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 I have yeah. the setup for it, so I know how to sort of you know easily yeah. just start a recording. Yeah. I do a little bit of editing um, and stuff like that, but yeah, in essence, it's not part of the main core service. But yeah, I can yeah. do it on request. I just thought that um, that concept was quite fascinating and yeah, pretty cool to have a kind of like a um, a vetting process of finding a, a, a candidate, which obviously um, talent agents are anyways. They're kind of the the intermediate um, person who is vetting people depending on their um, their skills and, and their knowledge, but also maybe in, in terms of how they're performing in interview uh, settings. So I thought that was really interesting and I've never, I haven't heard about that before. Um, yeah. So do you, do I understand it correctly that you're working with both companies who are looking for new talent as well as potential candidates who are looking to find a, a position? Well, at the moment we are solely focused on on client and companies because we had the uh, the thing that the, the, I think the biggest issue with with working with candidates is um, unless you have a strategy for how to as as a company like us mm-hmm. as, a, as a recruitment agency to 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 monetize that in some way like we can sort of say okay if we have a pool of candidates like yeah. a one candidate that's very good like say a headhunting agency would work right um, we want to place them as soon as possible. Yeah. So in essence, we and and because I think that the remote world, remote work has opened the opportunity for so many people to say, mm-hmm. "I want to be part of your talent pool." Yeah. Um. That I had to sort of put the stop to the request I got because I got yeah. so many requests from people that wanted to be part of our candidate database. Yeah. That the selection and the vetting process was sort of something that um, I didn't really have time to develop. Yeah. Uh, because obviously I still want to work with candidates because we know that with a big good talent pool uh, it's mm-hmm. easy for us to place candidates in uh, with with clients yeah uh, so uh, when someone today comes to us and asks us uh, can I be part of your database we, we we say yes and and we take them into our talent pool but we don't really work with them um, as, as I did at the beginning uh, when I started everything because also I I sort of branched Talent drew out to be also a service for candidates. That's sort of where the, um, the I saw also the opportunity there to um, to provide extra services uh, yeah. to clients. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 in there in the back of my head to sort of develop something for that in the future. But at yeah. the moment, we have so many clients coming as well, so it's sort of yeah. like just uh, time permitting. Yeah. So what um what type of clients are we talking about? Do you have a certain type of industry that um you work with um a lot or a certain size of company or can anyone just reach out to you and get your services? Well, in essence we we say yes to everything. Um we are like I'm I'm a I'm a generalist. Uh yeah. obviously I I come from from many backgrounds but I have marketing experience and and human resources and management and and everything like that. Um, but the, the typical clients we see now more and more are um, like we do a lot of business process outsourcing companies like um, mm-hmm. customer service representatives, uh, tech assistants. Um, yeah. We also get content moderators, like companies that basically need like low level, not low level, but like closer to entry level yeah. uh, candidates uh, and, and sort of 
that's sort of the majority of, of, of the business because a lot of these companies, they need talents from everywhere because they need different languages spoken. Yeah. Um, so we can sort of be uh, a good match for, for clients that need to find specific language skills in specific regions of the world because they are hard to find unless you work with an agency that is sort of in that country. Yeah. So when we can sort of cover um, the, the, the globe, basically, in that sense. But we also work with with some healthcare providers. Like we do work with um, companies that are looking for specialists, like mm-hmm. um, to either relocate to their location, um, uh, say telehealth and medical um, yeah. ambulances and stuff like that, because they are, in essence, if they are if they have a, a base somewhere around the world, they are they, they are like sort of the traditional one that always had like global workers anyways they had like people like a specialist doctor medical professional can be from anywhere they sort of have yeah. then relocate to a base either full-time or part-time so we do a little bit of that um yeah and then you know traditional um software developers um designers marketers um and and, and companies like that as well that, that are looking for that especially startups um yeah. we have try to uh, put our uh, like the, the prices that we put is not like we want to differentiate ourselves from the big sort of established agencies by having mm-hmm. a, like a different kind of cost structure for clients yeah so if you are a startup we are very flexible to sort of yeah. say okay we know that you're in this sort of phase now and we also want to work with them yeah also because they are more open to remote work uh, recruitment yeah uh, than traditional companies so yeah yeah and i know we probably all like are sick of talking about it but we kind of have to bring it up so um the last few years have seen a lot of challenges um especially in the way companies work and in the way companies hire employees and where and when employees work um have you seen or what what are the biggest changes maybe that you've seen in your work over the last two years I think it, in my way of working, um, I came into this as saying, I'm going to do remote work no matter what, right? So I didn't yeah. really see it from another perspective before yeah. that. I see companies changing a little bit, uh, yeah. especially uh, outsourcing companies. This is sort of the biggest change I've, I've seen now is that where they used to have uh, hubs in specific locations to bring mm-hmm. in customer support representatives speaking different languages, they are now open to say, okay, we have tested this now out of necessity over the last two years to have our customer service representative team working from home. Yeah. I'm not saying that the quality of their service was better or worse during that period because maybe they were skeptical that a uh, someone sitting at home in their living room in, or in mm-hmm. their bedroom uh, helping you solve an issue on your phone yeah. would be less motivated to do that than someone working from an office. Yeah. Um, but from what from what I've seen now and I hear from clients is that they actually never they didn't see a loss in in quality yeah. uh, specifically for that. So so now they are saying to us at least those companies the big the big companies are now coming and say okay why do we need to pay the the cost of having those hubs yeah. the relocation cost um, uh, the cost of living usually what they pay we can actually pay a decent salary for people in their mm-hmm. location. We, sub, we, we we provide them with the, the tools they need. 
and they can work from home and do the same job as as they did from those hubs. Yeah. So when those big companies, and then we are talking the the, the, the sort of the global um, top top one hundred companies that are doing this now, they, they have yeah. they, they need a lot of customer support. Um, the trend will obviously be that other companies will catch on to this instead of like instead of just having those offices that is a cost. They now see okay. Could this person be working from home? Okay. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just continue with that and we hire someone to work from home? Yeah. I think that the, it hasn't really changed my methodology because my methodology yeah. is still the same. Um, I think it's, it's it's more that companies now have, um, there are more and more uh, offers, like there's more and more companies and services coming on the market, like, like Lano, um, like video recordings. There are like also services that do that where they mm-hmm. basically, you send a link to a client, they click the link, it opens up in an in a interface. The interview is recorded. It's it's uh, either with a person on the other side or it's actually uh, just questions that pop up and they have to answer them. So it's yeah. pretty. So the, all these services makes it so much easier to um, at least recruit on scale mm-hmm. um, because sort of that's what the outsourcing companies need. Yeah, and there's no need for... I, I don't see uh, like also this is something that now that we are working we are working with a local company in Italy, and even they said to us, well, we we need you uh, or the recruiter we have in Italy to come to the location three four times a week, mm-hmm. but we negotiated that to say that's not really necessary because we are specialized in doing interviews from home, and yeah. the candidates they don't have a problem with that yeah. because today they are so used to being at home anyway setting up yeah. calls on their on their either if they have a phone or a laptop so yeah. we now actually don't go to their location even though it's very close we do all the interviews and all the work from our home yeah and the candidates and and the clients are actually very happy with this so yeah i think that those big assessment centers that recruitment agencies set up to or a company set up is sort of not that necessary anymore that's what, more what i'm seeing yeah yeah. In your experience, what are the main challenges that um, companies face when they're trying to hire a remote employee? Or what are the challenges that they're voicing to you and that you help them then solve? Yeah, I think that one of, well, there's a couple of very big challenges. One is that they have a problem with, with understanding. First, I think the biggest thing is, is how much should I pay for someone? Yeah. Basically, compensation is, is always an issue because if you have a company set up in a high cost location like um, Scandinavia or like in say or in Berlin for example and you yeah. want to hire someone uh, from anywhere they will ask me so how how much should we pay for that person should we pay the rates in Berlin or should yeah. we just pay the local rates from yeah. where they're living this is always an issue they have so it's sort of like the the the, the understanding of um, that use finding people to work remotely is not a way for you to save money necessarily on on salary yeah um it 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 will be in some sense because this is a very like compensation global compensation is a big discussion no mm-hmm. matter what i think all companies that are remote first have this discussion in, internally um like should we pay the rates we pay everyone the same um if someone is living in a in a in a poor part of the world that yeah. would be the same as someone who would live in, in a rich part of the world. 
uh, what would that do to the job market in that country if that sort of becomes the norm that all those people in that market for work yeah. are looking to work remotely because they make more money the local basically purchasing power of talents will disappear in some sense it will be very limited yeah so companies sort of has a social responsibility as well to try to figure out a good way to go forward this is very complicated even for me yeah. to try to actually to help them nav- navigate this world so it's so it's good to have have a specialist professional services that can help and assist with that. Yeah. Um, so so that's one of the big things that is just general compensation. Mm-hmm. Another thing is 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 actually also f- uh, thinking about um, location. Uh, I've seen this quite a lot. Is that someone might come to us and say, "Well, what we need is um, people speaking a a world language, like French, for example. French is a yep. big language." And I will say, okay, so French is spoken in France, obviously, Canada, uh, northern part of Africa, a lot of French speakers. So where do you want them to be from? Yeah. It's, it's sort of, that's always something that they really might not have considered. They just want yeah. someone to speak French. But then it comes also back to the compensation, right? Because if you are hiring someone, say, from um, um, uh, a poor part of of, um, of the world that speak good French, they can work really well. Yeah. Um, you have to make a decision. Basically, you have to understand that uh, we can source people from a uh, from France, but there will be a lot of people that will apply that are not from France, for example. Yeah. So, what do you want us to do with that? We are a recruitment agency. You have a social responsibility as well to not. We we can't discriminate. You know, it's very big. That's very important core uh, tenant of recruitment there's no discrimination yeah. yeah so you have to understand there's a complexity when you are asking for a specific person from a specific country you have to be open for anyone mm-hmm. you have to set the compensation rate right rate correct for you and in the end you have to make the decision where you want the person to come from it's much more complicated when there are these languages like french arabic uh, spanish stuff yeah. like that uh, which is very common that say, okay, English is not the only language that people want to hire. Yeah. It's important that most people speak a little bit English, but in we have clients that say, okay, we need um, uh, we we need uh, Sp- Spanish speakers, right? Yeah. And that's the only thing they need to speak. Okay, where do you want to, us to find them? Well, um, so so you know that so they yeah. they need to really consider all the elements around. Okay, yeah. you need a remote worker. A remote worker is not one person. It's it can be someone from from anywhere, so yeah, it, it's a lot of complexities that, and I see this is a yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's where we can also be uh, helpful and and try to help them navigate. Is um, intersocial um, or cultural? I should say, is cultural um, competence something that is important to you as well? Because um, you mentioned before, people can speak a certain language if that's the um, the requirement that the the client has. But um, they can come from different parts of the world, which means they probably have different cultural backgrounds as well. And that can play a role in especially distributed teams where you're working remotely and you're working online. And it can, I don't want to say cause issues, but there is a higher potential for misunderstandings and maybe a little bit more of a sensitivity that needs to be there. Um, So is that a challenge that people have been bringing up to you as well? Or is that something that you maybe mention? to your clients no one has really brought that up to me i mentioned it to them it this is actually a it's a it, it, this is a real um 
we have a real case of this at the moment internally mm-hmm. in our company, which is actually is not an issue. We 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 solve this uh, because I'm I'm very. Uh, I think one of the things of, of me is that I've been living in so many different parts of the world. I'm living in all continents. You know, I see in different yeah. cultures. I'm very open to everything. And I try to understand. And I think as a manager or a leader of a company, it's it's important that at least I have that because then I can try yeah. to tell that to to the rest of the, the team and also to to clients. Um, like for example, this month um, it's Ramadan, and yeah. and we have two employees that is actually now currently doing the Ramadan, and yeah. obviously this is a for for us we knew it, so we are sort of accommodating for this. But say that you are a company that. Um, are looking to hire from anywhere and you have someone yeah. all of a sudden that shouldn't be a surprise for 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 companies they should know yeah. this from a, advance so part of the, the the sort of the thing that i do when i talk to clients is that okay the, do you um appreciate that there are you know different cultural aspects and needs and you know public yeah. holidays is also something right like yeah there's a lot of uh, countries that have uh, different days that they they are off because of cultural events or social things that are happening in their country you as an employer need to understand that you should adopt adopt your uh, it's a little bit of a issue when like the, the the complications comes into things of how the company decides to work if they work on a very synchronous model yeah that they need people to be online between certain time periods all the time uh Obviously, it's going to cause an issue for them if all of a sudden someone is away for a week because in that country there's a holiday, yeah. something happening. Um, yeah. If you work asynchronous with project-based work, it's usually never a problem. Um, well, yeah, th- it needs to be taken into account from the beginning and you need to sort of yeah. uh, think about how this can affect your work uh, projects and, and, and future of your company. Because yes, it, if you hire, if you say, I'm open to hire from anywhere, yeah, and you don't understand this, you might face some surprises, basically that that you don't want, yeah. and it's not the candidate's fault. It's actually you as an employer's fault if you didn't uh, necessarily yeah. ask for it. I think also maybe the candidate should be informed, informing about this if if they if they if they can see this as an issue for themselves. Um, yeah. 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 Is that something maybe you do for your vetting process for potential clients to say, do you have a, a remote work pol- policy in place? Um, are you aware of these different aspects? What is important to you? Do you need synchronous or asynchronous communication? Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of see it as almost like a checklist for you as well to take on your clients because that in turn then gives you information that you can use to find the right candidates. Yeah, and we do that, and I think that's also why a lot of companies come to us for remote workers because they know that this is what we screen for. Yeah. So when we are talking to 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 potential candidates, um, we want to make sure that also they are aware of the sort of the working model that the, the client will have. Um, I think that a lot of candidates might say, "Oh, well, it sounds great. I'm going to work remotely, work from anywhere, or you know, can I be a digital yeah. nomad?" They will have all these questions, right? But if I don't know this from the client side, uh, yeah. you can build wrong expectations with candidates. Mm-hmm. So we are well aware of this, and um, we always try to 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 figure this out with the client. What do you expect from this person? Uh, yeah. yeah. So these kind of you know questions of like okay what time zone do they need to be in um what languages do they need to speak uh, like 
do they need to work from a home office or can they be like flexible? Yeah. Uh, this is also, you know, with like data protection and all that. Can they take their laptop to a coffee shop and work from there? Yeah. Stuff like that. It's very important. And so we can give the, the right expectations also to the to the candidate. Where do you see um, then the the trends um, developing into for, for the HR or recruitment world? Um, is there anything um, from your experience or just yeah, looking back at um, the, the years and experience you have working with all different types of people and companies? Um, what do you think are the trends for this year and also for the years to come? Well, definitely this year the trend is... Uh, back to office or not back to office you know so yeah. so it's like obviously this is the pen that just because we had the, the last two years a very special um hr departments in that sense are like trying to develop these policies now that around yeah. the need on the necessity for remote work not because they would like that a lot of companies are sort of still fighting against that but Mm -hmm. People want that. Employees want yeah. that. A lot of them. A lot of them say, I would like to go back to the office, but still a lot of people just want to be, you know, uh, have that flexibility and, and, and the, the opportunity it gave for them to be more with their family and, and, yeah. and that. So HR departments now are, you know, definitely developing. That's sort of what I'm seeing now. They are developing more um, policies for giving opportunity for remote work. I see um also some some regulations coming out about developing um uh policies around this uh for example in italy now uh, a lot of um addendums to contracts are coming employee employee yeah. contracts where you can't it, it became sort of like a thing that someone could just say okay, i'm a, i'm gonna work from home tomorrow because i don't feel well and then the mm -hmm. employer basically couldn't say anything because we still you know like pandemic yeah and um, now they have to sort of put that into a policy now that you can only work from home when it's sort of you know ordered from the company or something so there yeah. are definitely trends that are going towards uh, making it um, more regulated to to have mm -hmm. remote work but also in some sense you know companies are more flexible now to to make it easier if they want to because they see the they they they, they saw that even though everybody was a lot of people were working from home it wasn't really you know didn't really impact their their business mm -hmm. so um that's one thing I'm, i'm definitely seeing uh i think that for the future uh maybe it's more of a hope but i i, I see that there's, there's definitely a need for um more information about how yeah. to manage and deal with remote work i i see I I I I foresee that some companies now will will be a um, a full suite package of you need remote work that has like okay compensation rate for every country uh, pay uh, payroll services recruitment services uh, inside of one package mm -hmm. because a company or a client today still has to go to different sort of um, uh, Yeah, services basically to find yeah. the remote work. Like it's not that easy for a company today. Let's say, okay, I want to, I want to hire someone remotely. Where do I start? You know, they need information yeah. about this and that. And it's on a local basis, in in, in, in on a regulate regulatory basis inside of a country, is mm -hmm. still very complicated for them to find any information. So mm -hmm. I I see that also. You know, um, the future will bring more um, options and information. Uh, To help companies hire remotely. Yeah. 
something that um, I thought was very interesting that came up in a few other um, talks I've had recently is the thought of maybe in the future, this year, next year, um, finding a bit more of a balance between working from home remote work and also having these catch-ups in person. So for the last two years, um, obviously everyone's or a lot of companies and, and employees have been f forced into uh, a remote setup or a work from home setup. Um, and people kind of thought, oh, that's that's all that remote work is. We're confined to our own little rooms. We can't catch up with people. We like the freedom and flexibility it gives us, but we are missing the social aspect of seeing people in person and catching up. Um, and I think now with borders opening and it's slowly getting back to normal, we can travel again. Um, I thought the thought process was interesting to see. Uh, we'll have these in-person catch-ups again even yeah. if we have a remote work set up. So I really thought that's an interesting thought that that's yeah. going to play a bigger role in the future. Yeah. And I, that's actually an interesting thing that is happening now that I also see. So I, just one thing that, for example, we're doing in my company, because we are remote first is that I will, uh, we are going to plan one or two meetups a year with the entire team. Yeah. Uh, so for example, at the moment, I don't have an office other than where I'm sitting now, which is at my home, mm -hmm. but we are actually considering uh, getting an office, just a small one. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like a way for us to have a headquarters to come to. It's probably not going to be somewhere where we work from that often. And it's not going to be a place where people can come to work, but it's a place mm -hmm. for us to come to have some sort of connection to, um, to, 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 to talent in some ways. And, and yeah, and and we can sort of use that also. Uh, I think that I, I heard a, an interview with um, uh, his name is Matt Mullenweg. He's uh, he's uh, the founder of uh, one of the founders behind WordPress and all that. And he's, yeah. he's one of the first sort of remote companies, like thousands of people working remotely. And he said we still keep an office because it's important for us to have you know uh, potential clients come over, events yeah. and everything in a location. And it's sort of, it, it's helpful to have, as you said, to, to tell people that, okay, we do appreciate you and we want you to see each other. It's very, very important that you have a social life with the people as well. You know, video and, and Slack messages all day long is, becomes very disconnected. Yeah, I, I feel that myself. But what I'm seeing is actually a trend. And I, I don't know if this is a more of a local trend. Obviously, I haven't been able to travel that much in the last two yeah. years. But here in Milan, where I'm living, more and more like membership clubs are opening up uh catering for uh, uh people that really don't have a um a, a company or like a, a place to go to work so mm -hmm. like you know you have sort of the the, the well-known like we work and and maybe yeah. spaces and and uh, regus offices and all that they are sort of being there around but they're like popping up everywhere now like co-work spaces yeah, um, and some of these core spaces are now taking it also to the next level, where they are now developing uh, membership plans uh, that you you become a member, and there's a community. You have co work. There's like uh, events happening, dinners, mm -hmm. uh, sort of social things, and all the people that are members are either working. Well, they're not definitely not working um, for a nine to five job here in Italy mm -hmm. because there's a lot of these events are happening during the day. Mm -hmm. So they come there, they work from there, they socialize, and it sort of becomes that you not necessarily socialize with your colleagues to the same extent, but at least you don't miss that. Yeah. Because a lot of companies that, um, well, 
it's very different bet- uh, between cultures. I, I think that if you are from a culture where, as a personal experience, I'm Norwegian, um, the Norwegian are not really good at socializing outside <laughs> of the workplace. Yeah. So for them to all of a sudden be home, like, how do I now socialize? I, yeah. I live in Italy. Everybody's social anyways. So yeah. like you go out, like this coffee culture, this like yeah. bar, restaurants. So there's definitely a need for um, to to have a to to give opportunities to your um, your pe- the people in your company to to have a yeah. socialize outside of work. So what yeah. I'm saying now to people that come with to to Tumblr is say, okay, do you have a community around you? Because I want yeah. you to make sure that you take time for yourself to be out with friends and family and a yeah. network um, is very important. Um, yeah. So, that's something that I see. Maybe it's a trend, and and I like it because in Milan, it's a, it's definitely a place where um, there's a need for these kind of communities to come together. Um, yeah, yeah. That was a really nice closing words. Putting or, or asking people to make sure that they find their own community, whether it be within their offices, within their colleague world, or just outside of that. Just yeah, stressing the importance of community. I think that's a nice nice little thought. Yeah, we don't want to lose the community. And I think uh, the, the benefit of having an office to go to every day is that you make friends for life and you sort of, you yeah. you you have colleagues. And if you are someone who tends to maybe be more alone, when you're sort of forced to go into an office and see people every day, it's, it's, help, it's very helpful if, if, it's a, if it's a healthy work environment, at least. Yeah. Um, so some people that all of a sudden is going to work remotely, they might be very isolated if... Uh, yeah. If you as an employer um, don't take that into consideration, you might actually see productivity drop, performance yeah. drop, because they, yeah, if, yeah, it's, it's it's important and it's difficult when you work remotely to pick up signals that you pick in uh, that you can see them yeah. up. So um, yeah, the, the 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 sense of trying to help them understand that yeah, do not worry too much about what we're doing here on the video, uh, but I want you to to log off, go out in the world and see people. Yeah and seek out those communities if they exist yeah yeah that's lovely well thank you so much for for taking the time um to have this chat with us today i really enjoyed getting your insights and different perspectives um for both the candidate side and the the company side um yeah really appreciate it thank you very very much Uh, it uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you as well the state of work is a podcast by lano and is available wherever you get your podcasts You can also find us at Instagram or Twitter by searching for The State of Work. For more information about today's topic and links to further reading, check out our show notes at podcast.lano.io. Thanks for listening and until next time on The State of Work.